0: All right. The Lord is good. All the time. I said the Lord is good. All the time. If you believe he, give me an amen. amen. Um, can we clearly open our Bibles? I want us to take some declarations. We just want to um, declare the Lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ. Declare the Lordship of our God into the air and then we'll start our teaching this evening. Psalm 50. All right. Let's read from verse one. Are we ready? Yes, sir. All right. Remember what we are going to do is we are taking declaration of our God into the air. we just want to take the first um, six verses. If you are there, say amen. amen. Which version are we using predominantly? American. All right, so please, let those of us who have New Americans, and let's raise our voices louder than those who don't have. Even those who don't have, I want you to raise your voices. Just not be as loud as your friend who has a more holy Bible. That's all. All right, the Lord is good. All right, I want to let's go. The mighty one, God, the Lord has spoken. And summon the earth from the rising of the sun to a setting. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty God has shown forth. May our God come and not keep silence. Fire devours before him, and it is very tempestuous around him. He summons the heavens above, and the earth to judge his people. Gather my godly ones to me, those who have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. And the heavens declares righteousness, for God himself is judge. Amen. 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 The heavens declares righteousness, for God himself is judge. Let me say that again. The heaven declares his righteousness, God himself is judge. Over this nation, he is judge. From the north to the south, he is judge. From the east to the west, he is judge. In the church, he is judge. As a matter of fact, he's our father, but he's also our judge. And the Lord will arise to judge his people. Amen. The Bible says in verse 4, he summons the heavens above and the earth to judge his people. And the time of that judgment has come. Can I show you of that? The time of that judgment has come. All right, the Lord is good. Let's take our, don't take our seats here. Let's take our declaration of understanding as we usually do. Are you ready? All right, want to. let let's go. Now I declare. The Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, and I am being filled with the knowledge of His will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I am walking in a manner worthy of the Lord, I am pleasing Him in all respects, I am bearing fruit in every good work, and I am increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to His word. The word is entering my heart, it is giving me light and direction. It's healing me in every area and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen? Amen. I said amen. Amen. The Lord is coming to give you a miracle again today in Jesus' name. As this word is entering your heart, it's going to change something for you. Yeah, it will. In the name of Jesus Christ. All right, the Lord is good. Let's take our seats. We have been talking about um, the prophetic function of the church, the people of God. And it's our school of prayer and we'll continue to talk about that. But what I want to speak about this evening is, I think, um, I believe it's the Holy Spirit helping us in this kind of season that we are in. These are unusual seasons. All right? But let me just say this. I'm not saying just because there's an English saying like that. But that's the way life actually is. I can assure you of one thing. Before dawn... Is the darkest season. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yes, sir. yes. The darkest season is just before dawn. And believe me, dawn is around the corner. Amen. Yes, it is. It is. It is around the corner. It is around the corner. The Lord is good. There's Christ everywhere all over the world. The one that Israel and Gaza, they are doing right now. I'm even tired of feeling sorry for people. I don't know what I'm going Just look and see. How many people will I feel sorry for? That I'm I'm getting pity fatigued. You know, you you know, so much crisis around. You know, those things are not jokes. So, what I mean is that Israel does one good thing anyway. They will let let you know they want to pull down your house. So that's the one reason why the casualty uh, figure is actually low. There's a way they do it. I I I think I watched it long ago. I read about it somewhere. The people are used to it. They will notify you. We are putting down that building. Everybody get out. Unless they want to kill you. Like the Hamas leader, they wanted to kill him, so they will blow up his house while he's inside there, so he can die. Most of that people, they will just mark the house for demolition. They will let you know. I want to let you know. It's not it's not a state government. giving you one week notice. It's 30 minutes notice. It's one hour. So guys move out, that, that uh, building that housed the journalists, the, you know, those press people. How come nobody died in it? It was this building of about seven or eight floors. They told them, they were just letting you know, there's a way to signal for you, everybody get out. And then they pulled the building down. But the point I'm making is that whether they signal for you or not, where are you going to? Children have died. I was watching it on TV, I just shook my head. I said, wahala. Then I saw one report on DW. That's the Deutsche, uh, the German TV. And um, it's somewhere, is it Madagascar? They have farming. It's not been raining. The people are hungry. You know this? They are very, they are farmers. They've not harvested anything in two years. The little they have, bandits will come and rob them. So they rush out during the day. To cook crickets, he said they were happy the other days. I think a small rain fell, and the crickets matured and flew. So they gather crickets, and that's what they are eating. And they go and hide in the bush during the day because of thieves. Some people must go to hellfire. How do you steal from poor people? They have no food. I was just watching. I was just tired. I saw suffering. You know when I was suffering. Some people they their own suffering that they don't have a car. If you say that again near God, I, I just see people suffering ah uh-uh, all over the world. Some people don't even know the meaning of suffering. Do you know why? They have suffered so much, they think it's normal life. You look at them, they are suffering, they don't know. It's a, very, it's a very terrible season. When you say perilous times shall come, believe me, these are real, these are real perilous times. Those bandits that rob those farmers are just in my mind. You feel like removing their name from those that Jesus can save, that Jesus is not good to save people. <laughs> How do you steal from people that are so poor like this? A whole family is staying in a hut that has one, that is a whole hut, it's just one room. And you still come there to steal. If you were God, will you forgive you? Lord, I'm very sorry. I'm just talking as like a man who, I'm not saying that you won't forgive anybody. Just like you see some depths of wickedness. You just look and say, no, no, it's not right. Very lost times. Let me say this to us again. It's very important to understand this. God actually holds us responsible for keeping peace around us. And that's something I want to emphasize. You must learn to keep peace as a spiritual person. When I say keep peace now, please get it. It's a spiritual activity. Be careful about what's going on inside your heart. You have to be careful. Because you see, it's not just the words we speak. The words we speak must be born of faith. They must be born of faith. They must be born of faith. They must be born of faith. That is, they come out of agreement with God. They come out of conviction. They come out of desire now I put three things together there to define what faith is. They come out of agreement with God, they come out of conviction, they come out of desire that is I mean we will mix them up different depending on the circumstances. There are things you don't fully understand, but God says, "This is what I want to do." Now you agree with God and then you're convinced that's what He wants to do. The faith is full there are things that the Lord pride doesn't give you as a revelation. It just gives you as a desire in your heart. And it's agreeing with what he has revealed in the scriptures as his will. So, faith is also complete. But that's how faith comes. It's only out of that faith that you declare words and they matter. They have effect. So, those three things are very crucial. Can we go over them again? One? Agreement with God. So, we understand the word of God. So, we agree with what he has said. What he has revealed. Number two, conviction. All right, and then number three, what? Desire. Desire. Yes, you know. Over the last, you know, I was not around last Saturday. Um, I I traveled to Lokojat for a, a set of programs. All right, and uh, you know, some of the things I'm saying here, I began to say them over there. And one of the things we thought about, talked about, is that why does God give the promised land to Israel? And does not clear the promised land. I don't know whether you're getting my point. You give the promised land to the people, then you, God, with all your power, you left the giants inside there. Why don't you just clear, you know if they had removed the giants first, removed all the wild animals, driven away the wicked people amongst the Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites, the Hivites, you know those heights, all of them. Why would Israel refuse? To enter the promised land. Why would, no, think about it. Why would Israel refuse to enter the promised land? If God just bothered to clear out all the problems there before they came. But you know what he did? He refused to do that. He told them where they are going to go to. He gave it to them as a promise. And he told them, this land I have given you. At the point that I even told them, now begin to contend in battle. Abba. You gave me something, I must fight for it. This is my understanding from it. Basically, God doesn't force anything on you. This is my understanding. He gives it to you, then he now tells you, prove that you actually want it. I don't know whether you're getting my point. He gives it to you, and now tells you, prove that you actually want it. And the way by which Israel was supposed to prove she wanted it, was by contending in battle with the people already there. If they bother to contend, they will always win. I hope I get getting my point. The presence of problems is not a sign that God does not want you to have that promised land. It's just that sometimes it is his way of saying that, am I forcing this boy, this girl, into the promised land, or she really wants it? Does he really want it? Does she really want it? That's what he wants to know it brought them out of egypt but you not know the truth they never wanted the promised land most of them they liked egypt without the problems That if god would just stopped the slavery in egypt they would have stayed behind i suspect many of them were not happy with the concept of deliverance what they just because if you notice everything every time there was a problem they would remind moses how egypt was every time there was a problem they would tell you you know how egypt was the problem was just the slavery thing. But food, Egypt was not behind. Variety, Egypt had it. Graves, Egypt had it. <laughs> because He said, is that there were no graves in Egypt. That's why you have come to bury us here. They kept on harassing Moses because they loved Egypt. So God brought them to the edge of the promised land and basically said to them, if you want the promised land, you can take it. If you don't want it, That's a different story. And they told him in clear terms they didn't want it. And that's why he did not let them enter. One thing Mike Mudok used to say those days, he said, pursuit is what? The proof of desire. See, the proof of desire is pursuit. They were not willing to risk anything. Please bear that in mind. Okay? Now, why am I saying these things? For us, for our prophetic, we've been talking about, arise and prophesy, to be effective, it must be born of these things. That desire can what I'm to emphasize. Children of God are spiritual warriors. They are. That's a calling. I think Christians should learn true Christianity. True Christianity is not a call into enjoyment. True Christianity is a calling to divine service. True Christianity is that God has something he wants to do on the earth and you have agreed to join in doing it. Let me quickly drop a word for you. Don't call me Jeremiah like um, some people like to call me. It's just the truth. If you don't... Now you can give your life to Christ. You are saved from your sins. You are going to go to heaven. All right? However, however... It's important you bear this in mind. If you don't enlist deliberately in what God wants to do on the earth, then you have signed up for a short life. What's happening is that God called us, that is God saved us, and then called us into something. If you don't like that calling, you have automatically signed up for a short life. It's just the way it is. I'm not trying to scare anybody, am I? I mean, everyone is better than here, not it? So if you die short, what's the big deal? You go to a better place. But as long as you are down here, there's work to do. That's what I'm trying to explain. Christianity is that work, is is a fight. It's something we we pursue. It's the establishment of the kingdom, is of a particular kingdom, the kingdom of God. And that kingdom is established by force. It's not established by you know by good food. Do you get my point? It's not established by comfort. It's established by a fight. So every believer is recruited into that fight. Please bear it in mind. Hardship is one of those things you must teach believers how to take. You must learn it early. It's it's unfortunate we preach a gospel in which it's as if Christianity is a call to comfort. Listen, it's a call to freedom. Are you getting my point? It is. It's a call to deliverance from the oppression. Notice that word. Oppression of the devil. But it's not a call to an easy life. The way we look at it, it's not. It's a call to an to aggressive pursuit of the will of God. Like I say all the time, if the will of God happened automatically, why would it be a prayer point? So they start to establish something on the earth. Alright. Christianity is that process to establish the kingdom of God on this earth. The Lord's kingdom is not established just because the time is right. It is established because the Lord has recruited kings and lords and they are with him and they give him their, you know, their authority. Like the kings give to the beast. That's what makes him king of kings and lord of lords. And they say, the Bible says that, that John was speaking in Revelation, alright? He said, the, the, the lamb will overcome the beast, because he's the king of kings and the lord of lords. And those who are with him are the called, the chosen, and the faithful. What does that tell you? Those are the kings, they are the warriors that fight on his side. So his kingdom is established as a result of the successful fight of his own warriors. I hope you're getting my point. So when you wake up in the morning, when you are planning your life, when you are whatever it is, when you are planning your day, remember, it's fight you are getting involved in. But which kind of fight? It's fight to establish righteousness. First of all, in your personal life, that is what Satan does every time, is to try and, you see, let me establish this again. Satan doesn't have the kind of power people think he has. The devil doesn't have it. He doesn't. He doesn't. What he does is, is to use tricks. The Bible talks about being unaware. We are not unaware of the devices. A strategy. It's not power, it's strategy. It's strategy. So, he comes to the garden and persuades Eve. Eve, it's this fruit. Give it to your husband. That is, as you are right now, I can't do anything. I need you to come out from under the cover of the Almighty. How do I do it? I make you disobey. So the first fight is a fight to make sure that you are always in obedience. God cannot punish disobedience outside until your own obedience is what? Is complete. So the first thing is to establish obedience in your life. And that is the number one fight you have to fight every day. They'll come disobey, I mean, they try and incite into disobedience with many things, usually based on survival. That's really the strategy Satan has. Survival. And that's why the first thing a Christian does, one of the first consecrations is to death. Did you hear what I said? Yes. yes. Those they used to teach about dying to self. That is, as a Christian, just take everything as secondary. What is every, everything? Your ambition is secondary. Your long life is secondary. What you want to achieve in this life, they are all secondary. The primary thing is obedience to God at all costs. That's the primary thing. You let fear live your life. That is, fear gets out. Let it live, let it live. What is the fear? The Bible says that this is what Jesus came to do, to deliver us from the fear of death. Because when people have, when they have the fear of death, rather than fear of God, they will disobey God. You know, the other day, you know, is, is it which anniversary now of the disappearance? I think it was the 18th birthday of Leah. Leah Sharif, that was a few days ago. So they interviewed the mother. One of the things, I think they asked the mother, what message do you have for your daughter? Say, hold on to your faith, no matter what. That was the message he had for the girl. Hold on to that faith. Don't even negotiate it. She can shout to the federal government, rescue my daughter. The Islamists have had her for all these years. But to the say, hey, wait, wait, oh. <laughs> you, hold on to your faith. Paul said, fight the good fight of faith, not the good fight of prosperity. No, it's not. It's not the good fight of a successful ministry. It's a good fight of faith. To hold on to your faith is a sign of success in this life. Paul said, I have finished the course. I have what? Kept the faith. So no matter what Paul achieved, if he did not keep the faith, he failed. Did you hear that? No matter what Paul achieved, if he did not keep the faith, he failed. No matter what Paul achieved, and no matter you, what you and I will achieve today, if in the process we don't keep the faith, we are failed. If you build a great ministry, when you began those days, you were two, where two or three gathered in his name. No microphone. Nothing. You have to cook Christ so for people to come to church. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and then along the line, ministry began to grow. By the time you've been there for 30 years, your main congregation, you are 25,000 people. You are in 20 or 40 other cities. Both locally and internationally. Like the world likes to report the progress of a ministry. They say they brought in $50 million last year in donations. That's why if you watch CNN or all those other networks, how they talk about how big a ministry is, is how much donations they brought in last year. Yes. So maybe your donations in a year is $100 million. Now you are now, you used to be a pastor. You became a bishop. Then you became an archbishop. Now you are so big, now they don't call you any, they just call you Papa. You know you know Papa is the equivalent of Pope. No, Christians don't realize it. What they call Pope, it's, it's the word, the Italian's use is Papa. Yes. So you are not so big, you are Papa. You know what God wants to check, whether you have succeeded or not? He checks the messages you used to preach. He checks what you used to believe. It brings what you are believing today. And what you are preaching today. And it compares them. he had better have improved. Or at least you have kept the faith. Many people, they don't realize that is where they lose it. Outwardly, they succeed, but they did not keep the faith. They think they succeeded. Heaven says you failed. You know, in, in, in Revelation chapter 2, Smyrna. He said, I know of your poverty. Physically, you didn't have money. But Jesus said, but you are rich. Now go to the next chapter. The church in Laodicea, Omo, they had, they had money. They had money so much they knew. You know they say, "Well, you have money, you don't know you have money." This one they had money, and they and they used to tell the Lord that, he said, we don't need anything in prayer. Father, we thank you, because we don't need anything. Say we have need of nothing." He said, "But you don't understand. They've, loved, they've lost the faith. They lost the faith. They say you are poor." That was the verdict. Say, you're actually poor. Why? They, do not, they lost the faith. So no matter what you gain outwardly, the keeping of the faith is what matters to God. And let me say something to you. Satan knows that's where he bargains. That's how he bargains. That's the bargaining chip. He looks at you. Jesus Christ, You want to save the world, right? Okay. Let's do something. Why what, what, what have I given you the whole world after it's been delivered unto me? See all these kingdoms? I give it to you. Then you can save them if you want, and he said, just one thing: bow to me. I'm sorry to say, you know, many Christians bow. And there's this negotiation with bowing. A lot, and I'm not saying everybody, okay, but a lot of generous people, they are trying to pay off for bowing, for bowing. They are trying to pay off bowing. Christians go, you know, do business, get into involved in everything. Then they become very well to do. Except that they can never give you the full testimony. They bribe, they cheat, they disappoint, they, they break covenants, they break agreements. But when you come to church and say, uh, oh, brethren, praise God, the Lord has laid upon our heart to build a new auditorium. I want to see 50,000 people. We are leaving this one that used to say, and they'll just get up. Man of God. What is the Lord saying? They give you a billionaire. Do you know why? They, like every day they are trying to prove that the decisions they made was for the sake of the gospel. Oh, sorry, a lot of people do it. They bowed. Having bowed, the conscience of the Christian would not let them rest. So why did we have to bow? They say it's for the sake of the gospel. I heard a man say something once. I wanted to go, you know, there are times, I told you that, you know, I'm not as nice, I used to be a very nice guy. Very nice guy. But now, not nice again. I wanted to go and meet him and just, Give him a knock on there say, and you're, and you're a man of God. I think I know, no one's giving me boldness. Now I'm getting older by the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm getting older than a lot of preachers. There are people who are in ministry now who were not born when I started preaching. Apostle Isaiah, like? Were you born when I started preaching? Okay. Good. <laughs> so I've gotten a lot of boldness now. So I'm just looking at it. I don't feel, Every day, the number of people I respect and try to be there is reducing. It's reducing, and if I'm not even careful, self, I will even become proud. But God help me with that side. So that, that's why I have the burden these days. Somebody will be preaching. I will pinch my wife. I said, "Don't mind him; he's lying." man was preaching when that's what I'm talking about. I wanted to give him a knock on the head. He said, "They all they say we're always talking about money." He said, "I have to roll." Is it not for the church? Is it not God's church? Want to build with the money? I want you to go and give him a knock. That you are lying. God is not as interested in that church building as He is interested in you preaching the truth and preaching Christ. Your love of money is not advancing His cause at all. They don't realize it. They don't realize it. A lot of that's what happens. They don't know that it's about keeping the faith, they think it's about success in the ministry. all your success, you can say this, you can tweet what I want to say, tweet on your status, all your success in life is judged failure except you kept the faith. So every advancement you want to make, check. Is it for the keeping of the faith? Is the faith being threatened? If the faith is being threatened, please leave it. Rather stay poor physically. Then Jesus will say, you are rich. Rather than for you to be rich and success physically, and Jesus will look and say, you are poor. There is no success in life except faith is kept. There is no success in any sphere of life except in the process you keep your faith. Many Christians, as they begin to make progress, they start dropping the faith. You know the truth, because faith puts restraints on you. The good thing about faith, however, is that you will never succeed apart from in the will of God. Do you get my point? If you keep on observing the restraints of faith, you will not find it possible to succeed anywhere. Except that thing is the will of God. That's what faith does. Faith keeps putting constraints on you, keeps constraining you. And those constraints a lot of times will mean, will mean you don't make material progress the way people thought you should. In Nigeria of today, I'm going somewhere, please. I have not left my the, the issue. The corruption in Nigeria today is very bad. It's darker than I thought it was. And it's darker than it used to be years ago. But like I said, it's closer to what? Done. So we thank God for that. I just want to give you an example. Like educational sector. I, 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 I was amazed at the number of... That cheating in schools is now, is now normal. Now, when I was younger... We knew about people cheating. We knew about leaking of exams, but it was an unusual thing. If somebody gave you waik result, you're at least ninety percent certain it's honest. But this is honest. Was there's a point where big private schools will lock their gates so that it cannot be invigilated. I, I even heard, and I hope somebody in power is hearing this, that invigilators insist on collecting honoraria for coming. Now I have a new ministry. I've been deputized by God. To br- to pronounce the judgment of God against iniquity in the land. Apostle, don't joke, Israel, at the end of the day, we're gonna have a meeting about it. Henceforth, as it's in the short while, when you hear our radio messages, the first one minute will be a minute of prayer or judgment. I'm not joking. Nationwide. We're on 24 radio stations, is it 23 or 24? 23 radio stations nationwide. We are beginning it shortly. Before the message starts, we'll read out the scripture and ask God to judge iniquity. And I will mention things like any invigilator that supervises examination of my practice, the judgment of God is in your house. And the people will say, and it's your voice they will hear, Because I'm going to say it here. We will record it together. And you will shout amen. And we'll add just that 30-second clip like that, nationwide. Iniquity is what I'm talking about. And what God just said, yes, you will not pass, because many other people will pass and cheat. Because if you're a young man, keep your faith. What will I fail? Yes. I, you know one thing, when God wants to test your faith, you will make sure you fail. Then there's this one in which you will, you will not cheat, then you will pass, and you'll come and testify. My God, the God of Shadrach, the God of Abednego, he came for, listen, go and ask Isaiah what happened to him. The God of Shadrach left him while he was son and Ask for what happened to him. The god of Shadrach was looking like this, and they removed his head. Ask Stephen what happened to him. The god of Abednego was watching, and they were studying him, saying, "Stephen, it's not painful, is it?" Stephen said, "No. How can it be painful? They are not, they are not nailing me to the cross. How can I complain? Me, I'm going to die in a few minutes. You, you died in hours. You know, you no, know, you know, nailing someone to the cross was a was a deliberate was a wicked form of torture." You kill the person very slowly. So Jesus asked Stephen, is he painful? He said, no no. How can he be painful when I'm building glory? And the God of Abednego was watching. So if you want to obey God, don't, don't prepare for deliverance. You will die in the fire. I'm happy nobody said amen. If I say that, you will just be delivered. You hope this, this building will shake. Don't worry, you will not die. Yeah, you see the amen came. It was a test. It was a test. I caught you. <laughs> you will think that when they refuse to give bribe you'll not get a bigger contract. You get a smaller contract. You going to get a salary job. You think that if you, if you agree to sacrifice Isaac, Isaac will just get us say, "No, don't touch the lad. Most lads were touched and they were burnt. And they obeyed God, and the lad became burnt offering. Put that in your mind. Don't ever forget. But this one of testing God, say, I will just obey you, then you will deliver me. You know, if you need deliver, when you finish obeying God, ah, say, God, where are you? Ah, where do you want me to go? I'm on the throne. I'm watching. Won't you deliver me? Did I tell you I will deliver you today? Today is not the day of deliverance. That was yesterday. So you deliver the said That was yesterday. Now, today, they are going the way of the apostles. <laughs> and that's something Christians must understand. Listen, get ready to suffer the consequences. So, if God now decides to deliver, I hope you follow my point. Fine. If he doesn't, fine. You rejoice in the fact that you kept the faith. That's what I'm trying to emphasize. You know the reason why? Or one of the reasons why this is so important? It's only people who kept the faith, or who keep the faith, that God can use. I started by saying that we have a responsibility To establish the kingdom of God on the earth. It is established by force. It's a forceful thing. We are ready to take, you know, let's use the words of Paul, suffering, endure hardship. It's war. We don't entangle ourselves. Like Paul was saying, writing to Timothy, no soldier, no one in military service entangles himself with the affairs of this world. So our ambitions are not worldly ambitions. Our desires are not worldly desires. Our focus is on something eternal. That's Christianity. Sometimes God gives us assignments back to our, our environment. And he says, establish the kingdom of God in your country. Establish it in your nation. God wants us to live in peace. He said, pray for the leaders. Why? So that you can live what? A quiet and peaceable life in all godliness. Before God, who wants all men to be saved? So without peace... You know, a you know, quiet and peaceable life is more difficult to advance the gospel so that all men can be saved. He told them to pray for the peace of the nation. And those are prophetic things. We are citizens of heaven. We are aliens on the earth. Essentially, we are exiles on the earth. So he said, pray for the peace, the prosperity of that nation that I sent you into as exiles. Because in his peace, you will have peace. In his prosperity, you have prosperity. Entreat the Lord for it. Now, back to where I began from. So I was saying, our words don't matter unless they are words of faith. Remember that? That's where I began from. We must always keep the faith. Satan is not powerful. What Satan does is to trick us into losing the faith. Faith and obedience. Obedience is the manifestation of faith in the heart. So for. Satan, to be able to take over from Adam and Eve, he first instigated unbelief. And what did he do? Has God really said? And once they fell for, has God really said, they began to disbelieve what God said, at least Eve did. She walked into disobedience. And Adam followed. And everything went, you know, everything scattered. That's Satan's tricks for you. He doesn't have power. He has to trick us. So we have an assignment to ensure we keep our faith. That's why I went to all of that. And let me say something about faith. The keeping of faith, of course, is not new. I've said it many times here. It's something you do. You know, it's like marriage. You know, when you take a traditional vow, you said, till death, us do part. That's the correct traditional English. That's how faith is. We hold on to faith till death. I don't know whether you're getting my point. It's important because people don't realize it. Abraham. What happened to Abraham? Did he receive the promises? In case you do not know, the answer is no. Isaac, did he receive the promises? Let me answer it for you. The answer is what? No. Quickly open to you the book of Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. I want us to understand this. The prophetic function of the believer. is what i are talking about. Because I rise and prophesy. Arise and declare that Jesus is Lord. Arise and declare. Arise and declare that He is judge of the heavens, he is judge of the whole earth. He's the ruler of the heavens and the earth. Arise and declare that in this nation he is the ruler. Hebrews chapter what? Let's just start from verse 8. By faith Abraham, when he was called Obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. Notice that he was to receive it. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he lived as an alien in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob. That is, Isaac and Jacob went through the same experience. Fellow heirs of the same promise. For he was looking for the city which had foundations, whose architect and builder is God. God. By faith, even Sarah herself received ability to conceive even beyond the proper time of life since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, there was born even of one man and him as good as dead at that time, at that, as many descendants as the stars of heaven in number and innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. Now where I'm going is verse 13. Everybody read with me. All these died in faith without receiving the promises. Let's stop there. Did you notice that? Did Abraham receive the promises from this, from this uh, verse? Answer me. Did Jacob receive it? Did Isaac receive it? Did even Sarah receive it? The answer is no. Whatever they received was a token was a foretaste of what God was going to fulfill. All these died in faith without receiving the promises. But having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. Let me just stop reading here. Did they receive it? No. But they died in faith. That is, Abraham believed God from the beginning to the end, but the real thing that God promised, he did not see it. God just gave him Isaac as he took him. Same thing with Isaac, same thing with Jacob. They saw the faithfulness of God in many areas of life. But the real promises that God had, basically, it was not going to be fulfilled in their generation. The way it works is that God has to I Let's understand this. These things, spiritual things are in measures. So when the clouds are full, they pour forth rain on the earth. Until the clouds are full, that rain may not come. But each person living in faith must add to the clouds, contribute their own portion in their own lifetime. All these died in faith. One of the things I've learned about faith is you can't set time for God. He's the only one that gives you time. The time will come, you see. <laughs> By this time next year, do, in which case you must ask him, is it the normal next year? <laughs> but there are some next years that uh, ah, thank you the way you said it. If there's a normal next year, say yes, Lord. Next year. Like, you know, when me. <laughs> you just say yes. Alright, next question. Is it next year as in 2022 or 12 months time? He said, according to the time of life. Oh, nine months. Okay. All right. No problem. No problem. Thank you very much. All right. That you have to clarify it. just says next year. Now you wake up and you wake up as you go to church next Sunday. Pastor came to just come up and say, with the Lord, it days like a thousand years. <laughs> and it, uh, he thought, ah, he said, wait, 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 wait. Pastor, what did you say? He wasn't there. He just prophesying with the Lord. A thousand years is like a day, so you never can tell. Your one year maybe yesterday. Your one year can be... Hey. <laughs> so that is good. He's the only one that says dates. That's the point I'm making. Usually when he gives dates to people, like Abraham, it's because everything was being completed. That's what happened. By the time he visited Abraham, everything was done. There was That there was nothing really to add to it. That receiving of strangers was a final straw, like we say in English language, that was breaking the camel's back. Once he received those strangers, because that's it. The cup is full. Everything has been accomplished. His faith has expressed itself to the fullness at that point that that promise, that particular one could be fulfilled. But the real thing, like we said, was still far away. And the man died in faith, not receiving the real thing. That's the reason why I'm saying all of this. Let's bear that in mind. That's what Christians do. So, okay, I need to emphasize this again. So, Satan, what does he do? Eh, Take you out of faith. That's all he does. Try to undermine the faith. Get you tired. The Bible says you wear out the saints. Discourage you. Teach you. One of the... I think one of the most effective ways he discourages people is to make them believe what is not true. You have sown seeds and nothing came out. Don't put up your hand though, physically, but on your heart. If you have ever sown a seed that you didn't get anything, put up your hand inside, not outside. Okay, smile. I'm the only one that will see it. i also, this your smile is big. I didn't say laugh. This one is laughing. Okay, many of you are hiding behind masks. That's one that, no, I've seen you be discouraged. Because one guy with a smart, you know, suit, he comes and say, I'm a product of seed. Uh-huh. Have you heard that thing before? Yes, exactly. i a product of seed. My whole life is seed. I say, which seed? You know, somebody can say, you have to ask, what do you mean? <laughs> because if you mean seed, as in, you know, the seed of the man makes the woman pregnant. Is that not so? We are all products of seed, amen? Yes. If you're not know a product of seed, yeah, wave, wave your hand. <laughs> if you mean the seed of Jesus Christ dying, and he was abiding alone. Then he brought forth much fruit. We are all children of God. Are we not present of seed? Yes. I preserve our seed. But if you mean you brought offering to the altar and you prosper, you decrease. Okay, sorry. They don't know what it means internationally. It means you're not all right. <laughs> no sense. I told you, you know, I'm growing older, so I'm getting more... Getting, as I'm getting older, I'm getting bolder. It rhymes. I should be a poet. <laughs> Many people, when they hear that, they now sow seeds. And you know what happened? They get nothing. And they get discouraged. So when you talk about faith, their faith gets worn out every day. Little by little, they are wearing out. They are wearing out. That's, that's one strategy of Satan. People believe what is not true. People give them steps and methods. Do this. It doesn't work like that. Hope that is the fad. The heart starts getting faint. Starts getting weary. Starts getting sick. That's what I'm making. That's one way by which I've seen it before. There are some Christians, they don't like to give. Do you know why? They learned giving as that their funny seed principle. They didn't learn giving out of love. They lent as a seed. And it didn't produce anything. Just by the way, most people that tell stories of what it produced, they lie. I hope you know. They are not telling you the truth. I didn't say all. Did I say all? What did I say? Most. Many of the stories are even misrepresented. Let us assume now, for example, I prayed to the Lord last year. Lord, please, I need a new car for this and this and this and that. And the Lord said, no problem. And then, <laughs> okay, good. I have an example. Which sounds very scriptural. But you see, the way I'm going to apply it. Let me finish my story. I'll use the example. Then, this week, I now went out. I now say, okay, oh. I now found somebody who needs money. And I give the person, say, 10000 naira. I go to church, I give thousand naira, And then, two, a week later, I got a new car. Now think about it. Will it be right for me to come and testify that I gave a 10,000 era seed last week and this week I got a new car? Let's be honest. Will I be right? Now, if I tell you a story that I gave 10,000 last week, that's something. This week I got a new car. Is it true? No, no, just answer me. There's no trick. It's true. But if I now come to you to give you an impression that I give 10,000 era so you can get a new car, will I be right? No, because I prayed last year. It was last year I asked the Lord. And he began what he was doing. And whether I prayed for his car or not, is it wrong to give? No. I continue living my life. It just happened to be, whether it is relevant spiritually, I don't know. Or maybe it's not relevant, I'm not sure. But it just happened that the week before I got the car, I gave an offering. Or a gift to somebody. It wouldn't be right for me to be using that one tape. Look, just give an offering to somebody. Because have to first tell you prayed the year before. Yes? Go everywhere I've gone that year. Do to your wife what I've done to my, all the forgiveness, all the prayer, all the anger, all the happiness, all the sadness. Do it too. And you know, I can't remember most of them. So you're on your own. What am I saying? It would be wrong for Abraham to say, if your wife is 90 years old, let me just tell you, once you see strangers passing, Call, call them. Because as soon as I called strangers, the Lord came to me and said, my son, my son, by this time next year, the key to breakthrough is stranger invitation. Tonight, as you are going out, you shall look for strangers. Who needs a breakthrough within nine months? There's a stranger coming your way. And now go to your door, leave your gate open. Anybody, pass? good evening, sir. Are you going somewhere? He said, no. He said, no, I live down the road. Oh, I'm not a stranger. Do every day you are there monitoring for strangers. And then one day you shall see a stranger. Let's leave it like that. Yeah, no, that, see, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I know I'm, sometimes I sound like I like to cause trouble, but you know, we have to deliver people. Yeah, that's, that's why I keep on saying these things. People go around believing what's not true. One man said he gave up. and he said, this year God blessed him. It's possible. But was that the reason God blessed him? You don't know. You don't know what's going on in his life. And that's why I preached the message, I think you can find it on our website, uh, website now. The switch of God's power. I said, what? The continual doing. You have to make doing good deeds a habit. You can't do one and expect something suddenly. If you are not ready to make good doing a habit, please don't bother starting. And when you want to start doing good, just be doing it. Do you know why? Because you are the child of a good God. And Jesus said, be perfect as what? Your heavenly father is perfect. And the Lord does good constantly. Even rains, like the Bible tells us, rain on wicked people. We don't like the idea, but he does it. So we make good doing a habit. That's just an aside. I'd like to drop that once in a while. So, if anybody listening to me have been discouraged because you gave you did not receive, let me tell you, you are not supposed to receive. You believe the wrong doctrine. Remember that. This, that was our sister, and I, the one I tell almost in a while. I finished preaching like this one, she came and met me. So, I, for just a short period, I think she was only good for a short while. So, don't know NYSC. She suffered. So she said that so suffered. Ah, I said why? Then once they give her NYC, I say, away, church. Ah, the Lord is good. This is we have to be we really need to wash our offering with the blood of Jesus because a lot of iniquity. Since <laughs> so you just carry offering, drop everything in there, bam. And she won't have a dime. And they see that if you you know you have to do something that will move God, then carry offering, bring to church, drop in the basket. Not giving is good though, but not like that. You can sell all you have and give, though, but not for the reasons people are doing it. She said one day somebody now dashed her money It was her best day. Ah, she said praise God. Bro. I will manage this money for some months while I'm giving all my allowance, say y- y- C- you know, allowance to church as offering. So that one she now went to church. I mean, she got the money on Saturday. Sunday she went to church. The pastor said, if it does not pain you, it's not produce. That has to pain you. It must pain you. So she checked like I was in pain, but this is now (laughs) ororo for my to anoint my sore body. So she went and collected the money again and dropped it. It was this same pulpit, all right, though it was not this venue, when our former place. I was looking at her like this. She was standing down. I was up like that. I was looking at her. You know, your jaw just dropped, you know. I was looking at her. So I said, please, my sister. My young sister, please. I don't understand. Why were you doing all of this? He said, they said that's how we are going to prosper. Ah! That's how I'm going. She said, they said that. Nah, those were her words. They said, those were her words. They said, that is how to prosper. Like what? Who said that to you? I said, anyway, your offerings and your seed has entered heaven. And God has answered. You're looking at me. I said, the answer is me. <laughs> Pastor Bank is the answer to all your sufferings. God has sent me to come and tell you it's not like that. They say, Cornelius. God, I said, what did the angel say to Cornelius? It's not like that. It, no, is it not your Bible? Yeah. Say so this one. You see, though, we have heard it too. We have seen all your good works. You need to know the way of salvation. Send for Peter. Say, my name is Peter. I have come into your life. Don't the young lady, that's not how to prosper. That most certainly is not how to prosper. Many people have been hardened because of that. Because they are, they are bitter. You know what happens is that they do that, that for maybe a year a, for, or two. They're nothing. They now find that one the accident that The man teaching it to them doesn't practice it. Yeah. Like one man told me. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of funny Christians in judges. He said, first of all, he said, no, all you need to do is grow your church. Then you relax and be enjoying. He will say, it, then he will laugh. <laughs> he was mocking, you oh, know. He's a deacon in the church. He said, they will tell you so, so, so. Anyway, they were there ripping, ripping, ripping. That's how he did it. <laughs> I never forgot again. It will tell and you burst into laughter. He said, no, no, he said, for fact, you don't worry. We are just flesh. We are just flesh. He said, they are all flesh. There's no problem. We know they are all flesh. <laughs> you know, the man was, he had seen things. But I thank God for his life because he kept his faith. That one, didn't discourage him. So many people, they've gotten to do that. But I've also seen people who just, they, just, they decide that they major scam. Church, now major scam. Everything is scam. Yeah, that's what happens. A lot of people just come to that conclusion that church is all pure scam. But let me tell you the truth, church is not scam. The word of God is not scam. It is we that are twisted it and made it look like a scam. And when am I preaching today, be delivered? Listen, it is not that, that will bless you. You cannot you can't use your seed to harass God. As far as it's concerned, I gave you everything. Anything you give to me is my own was my own. What's the big deal? It's very important we understand that. I just want to do that again. I know it's a side trip on why people's faith get discouraged. Some people ask for things. Now, let me just say this is more serious. Like what somebody was saying recently, we pray for good for the countries. Every time we read the news, it's as if God is not answering. Let me give you another thing. He's answering. Amen. Amen. Two reasons. One, I know from scripture that he always answers prayers. Then, secondly, the one I want to tell you is that don't forget. If one small bad thing happens in an unbrass state, you will hear about it. If one small bad thing happens in Imo State, you hear about it. If one small bad thing, it has to be bad. I'm just using the word small. Somebody gets killed, all right? When I say small now, not 50 people. All right? Gun may attack a house and shot somebody and the child died. You know, you read about it. But if everybody in Enugu gets blessed, they prosper. Everybody in Anambra gets blessed, they prosper. There will be no news report. It's not newsworthy. I hope you know it's not newsworthy. I traveled over the weekend. Honestly, I, like I was telling them, that I came only because of the fear of God. What I mean is that the amount of news I've heard about that road, I shouldn't go there. But you know why I decided to go, me and uh, our tall reverend, Brother Yenka? Is that, can I stay at home? I can't the Lord would have say, bank, you didn't go to preach again." Oh, light at him, Say, "Lord, the road is dangerous." You know, there, you know, there are things you just can't say to the Lord. So I got up and went, and to my amazement, there were one thousand people going and coming. Cars overtaking like this, phew, phew. Like, ah, no, We were not the only ones on this road. I was surprised you got there. Truck will pass, human beings pass, will pass, car will pass, motorcycle will pass. Cars were speeding up and down. Ah. So on this road. You know why all their traveling made no news? But let one vehicle be blocked and two people kidnapped. Headline next day. So don't think God is not answering. That's what I'm trying to say. Where you are getting your news report from is where the problem is. Because for them, nothing makes sense but disaster. Nothing sells the newspaper but trouble. You woke up this morning, went back to sleep in peace. It does not make the news. Even if 200 million Nigerians do that successfully daily, there will be no news. It's only the one person that did not succeed in doing that. He didn't wake up in the morning, headline news. Man dies after sleeping. You know the headline? And I say, hey, people are just dying in this country. They're just dying in this country. I say, they are not dying in Bolivia. So why did I say Bolivia? I don't know. That was the first thing that came to my mouth. <laughs> They're dying everywhere. That's something I wanted to bear in mind. Alright? God actually is answering prayer. Another thing you should bear in mind is that sometimes, like I said that earlier, actually, we began with it. Some things we are praying about, we are accumulating prayer. Now, that, that thing, is an important thing to be in mind. Prayer is accumulated. It's accumulated. We keep on adding to the sensors. There's a pot, as it were, of our prayers. We are offering it up to God. Like we said, when the clouds are full, they do what? They pour forth rain. Sometimes we have not yet reached the critical mass. It's like people saying, if you're going to read that in the book of Malachi, you know, people some people say that it's vain to 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 obey God. Let me just read this. I don't quote it wrongly. Quickly, go back to that book of Malachi, chapter chapter three, from verse sixteen. Uh, sorry, from verse um, thirteen. Your words have been arrogant against me, says the Lord. Yet you say, "What have we spoken against you?" You have said, "Notice it. It is vain to serve God." It was based on observation, please. And what prophet is is? He said, "What prophet is it?" That we have kept his charge and that we have walked in mourning before the Lord. So now this is what we have observed. We call the arrogant blessed. You must understand this was their observation. We call the arrogant blessed. Not only are the doers of wickedness built up, but they also test God and escape. That was their observation. It happens. It's as if doing righteousness does not pay. All of this, I'm going to explain how we get worn out. How our faith gets worn out. How we wear out. And that's what Satan wants. He gives you the news to wear you out. But look at what we are supposed to do. Verse 16. Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another. And the Lord gave attention and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for those who feared the Lord and who esteem his name. Let's just complete that. They will be mine, says the Lord of hosts, on the day, so a day is coming, actually, on the day that I prepare my own possession, and I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. You know what that tells you? There's a day of judgment coming against all forms of iniquity. Now, I want you to say amen to that. Say amen to that. This is the prophetic word of God. The day is coming. The Lord will judge iniquity in this land. Amen. Listen, he will. Oh, let me just tell you ahead of time. Wash your hands clean. If they are cheating, don't cheat. Even small, small things, don't do. In your office, they say, okay, sign this. Let's retire this money. It never, doesn't matter. I will just share it. Don't take. See, so if you don't sign it now, they won't release the money. Let them not release the money. Because God will use you as an example. Let me just warn you now. If anybody, (laughs) if they come to you and say, hey, don't worry. It's just sign for the job. Then you put your account it is. Then you can go. We'll be sending you this amount of money every month, 50,000. You don't have to do anything. Don't agree. What did I say? I'm speaking to Nigerian Christians and Nigerian everybody. But I'm messenger to Christians. But everybody else, Mix most you want to hear it, hear it. If they say, "Let us share money," Christians don't agree. If your pastor say, "Why has your tide gone down?" say, "My life has become tight." <laughs> Living like that, say, "What do you mean? I have removed my hand from iniquity." Let me, oh God, I just feel anointed to say this. Let me tell all of you who have been giving, thinking that it will cover your iniquity. I hope, it's a, I hope you know it's a lie. Each act of giving from stolen money is you have reported, you are filing your own case before Heavenly FCC. If you did not give, they may not have detected as fast. Once you brought the money, the angels ask questions. You are filing your own case. That very thing you thought will keep you from trouble. Hear ye the word of the Lord is the evidence that shall be used against you in the court of God. All the Christians that were printing, you know what I'm talking about. Printing daily devotion and everything. God said, listen. say you think? Some people collect big money. Use it to print tracts. Every tract that somebody gets saved by is judgment against you. Somebody got saved though. Let me just say, if you're a thief, eh? It's your money. Go and buy beer. Add sin to your sin. I hope you're getting my point. Uh, Christians, I'm going to talk to you. I told you. Listen, let me tell you the truth. Add sin to your sin so you can die quick. So that you can become, begin to suffer on time. You won't die yet, but you will suffer on time. So that by adventure, you will, All this one of bringing money to church is why you will finally die permanently. Please, if you are a TV, a rogue, you are in Abuja, you are a Christian, you are a senior civil servant, you are among those who inflate contracts and share the money, then you go and build a church. Please. That once they lay that foundation stone, your problems is laid in concrete. Once they roof the building, your destiny is roofed. I know what I'm telling you. If you send Kingdom of Ministries money from that, God punish you fast. If you want to look for me personally to give me an offering out or a share of money you stole, may you die by fire. If you're a Christian thief, buy suya. Buy beer. Buy strong drink call your fellow thieves, stay in the house, eat and drink and get drunk. You are safer like that. Better still, stop all this nonsense. I'm just trying to say, don't try and come and think you can pay for anything. The more you try to pay, the more you are judged. That's what I'm just trying to warn you. One man said, look, if, it is offering, if it's blood money, bring it. You will wash it with bigger blood let me just tell you ahead of time, you and that man will die together. That is the day he's blessing you that the roof will collapse on your head. Anybody, dece- you know, that's what the Bible calls inciting rebellion against the Lord. Prophets die for it. And I know you say I'm not a New Testament preacher. I like the, whatever testament, uh, testament I mean. is the testament of Jesus. Some boy, you know, we, they when they learn two words, two lines of scripture, praise God, you know, there is therefore now, no condemnation. Amen. Hallelujah. Everybody say no condemnation. They won't finish reading it. How can you be walking in the flesh and then there is therefore now, no condemnation? Forget that no condemnation for those who are walking in the spirit. So you cannot tell a Christian about condemnation. Is it me? Is it sin? Nonsense. All these generous thieves—you have no place in the body of Christ. Ananias, Sapphira's spirit. When Peter's anointing arises, you know what's happening. You shall collapse. You collapse. to collapsing is called collapse. It's true no? you now. They have disgraced Jesus Christ. One brother said, I won't mention the name of one big pastor in Nigeria. One of our brothers said that. that those two men, yeah, you will see them sitting on the right side and the left side of Jesus Christ in the kingdom. You know what they say? Our big man in the kingdom. He said, they will never pay their debts. <laughs> he said, they are owing me money. <laughs> then they go. No, apostle, you know now. For you to sit on the right side of the man of God. And the left side of the man of God. These are my sons in ministry. The sons of in ministry has given to the man of God. But the people is doing business with bad reputation, he won't pay. They will do jobs for him. For them, it's not just one. They will not pay. They will buy things. They will not pay. You will award them contracts. They won't do the job. Meanwhile, my son, that's what the the, the, the bigger guy say. These are my sons in ministry. Faithful sons. Then they do, when God comes against you, oh my God. Listen. I know where I began from. The day of God's judgment is coming against all these kinds of iniquity in this land. Let me say it again. The day of the judgment of God is coming and it's around the corner. So Christians, for your own safety, all those of you have been investing in all, <laughs> investing in all kinds of funny investments. Let me just tell you ahead of time. Don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. No need to cry, no need to cry. Relax, sit down before I say what I was about to say. If you are there somewhere, you are going to lose your money within the next few months. Your 550 million investment is going down to zero. You know why? We warned you. I am speaking to some people. Now, why am I telling you ahead of time? When it happens, God says, if you mourn, I will make you sick. What you are, going to, you are going to do is rejoice. Father, I thank you. You delivered me from the from trust in flesh, from trust, trust in currency. What is crypto? Oh, Oh, which one? Ah. He said, Father, I want to thank you. In the name of Jesus, my eye is no longer. If, you, if your body wants to cry for 50 million, you wake up again. In the name of Jesus, I worship. By the time you finish washing my eye like for one week, you will recover. You will recover. You now go back to normal. I don't think that God will now bless There is no special blessing for Jaguda. How should there be a special blessing? Say, Jaguda, repent. You now go back to normal where you are supposed to be. Then you start flourishing like what? A palm tree. The righteous will flourish like what? A palm tree. You know what that means? First, it will send roots downwards and begin to grow upwards bit by bit. It will take years. Then it will begin to flourish. The righteous does not flourish like a mushroom. Have you ever tried to harvest mushroom before? It's the easiest thing to pick up. Once you touch it, it follows you. If you just go to where mushroom is growing, blow hard, it will fall over. You don't even need to stop or rats running through, we knock it down. But the storm that wants to pull out the palm tree, it needs to work hard. The righteous flourishes like a palm tree. I'm warning every Christian, get your hands out of iniquity. There are some jobs, he says, Sir, I don't know, I'm going to just resign. When you resign, they can't force you to do again. So one of our brothers told me a story. One man came to their church giving heavy. You know what they call heavy giving? I think, I, I can't remember whether I said half or one third of all the offerings they received in the church. I think about half. Only this man will give it. He said, for the first time we could plan. We knew his offering was coming. See, there's only one problem. Every time the guy gives an offering, then he becomes uncomfortable. The man on God becomes uncomfortable. You know? Everything, my body good scratch scratch. <laughs> Each year. Ah. So he called the brother one day, said, Please, I need to talk to you. What's going on? I go, I bless God for your life. Every-. He said, well, There's only one problem. Every time you bring this, you're a big offering. I'm, I'm not at ease. Talk to me. What's going on? Alone, Call into one corner all by himself, by themselves, two of them. That one said to him, he stole no money. And that he had been looking for a pastor. He had gone to many churches. He had helped them build. He had given them money. You understand? He'll come. Maybe enter kingdom one like this. First day he comes, I will, I will know somebody arrived. That kind of thing. He said he will give, give, They get tired. They go to another church. What was he looking for? Somebody to tell him, oh boy, this is not the will of God. So my friend said, you are the first pastor. That's calling me like this and asking me a question. The brother said, ha, ah, I knew something was up. So what am I to do, sir? Ah. I said, of course you have to stop. He said, sir, it's not as easy as you're saying it. I'm dealing with dangerous men who we kill. So whatever it is, we don't have a choice. You have to stop. They were stealing from federal government. Oh, federal government. You know, this ghost walkout thing, they had inflated massive numbers of people on the service, that particular part of a federal work, then they posted him somewhere. They'll be paying people that don't exist. So his job just to collect the whole money, take his portion, and send back to the guys at the headquarters. So my pastor friend said to him, so forget it, you can't continue. Let me not give you details. I don't have too many details beyond that anyway. But they had to work out how he would disengage I think he finally had to resign the job, but there's nowhere else. There was nowhere else, and leave. You have to save your life. Oh. I went into that time to bring, read that particular scripture. You know the one we're reading. We we're talking about why Satan wears out the faith of people. He said they will be mine, says the Lord, verse seventeen. Says a lot of hosts, on. He said. On the day that I prepare my own possession, and I will spare them. What does it mean to spare? Everybody else is in trouble. It didn't say I will bless them. Is that what I said? Why? Because that day is a day of judgment. It's a day of the indignation of the Lord manifested. It's a day of the burning anger of the Lord. said so that day, I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. He says, so you will again distinguish, distinguish between the righteous and the wicked. Between the one who serves God and the one who does not serve him. Listen, disservice to God, the disobedience to God seems to pay for a long time. But that's because the day of judgment hasn't come. But I'm saying to you, the day of judgment will come. That's one reason why people's faith wear out. They see the unrighteous prosper. Those who turn away from evil make themselves a prey. It happened. They will stand for righteousness and nothing will be done against the wicked. And If anybody listen to me, you are in a position of authority. Listen to this. God will judge you for what I'm about to say. If you see righteousness and you don't defend it and you have the power, you are in trouble. I'm speaking to rulers, to people in authority, to those who God has made a judge. Now, Because you know what it means to be a judge. Judge, because if you see the Bible... When he said, um, I have I, I said ye yeah, are gods. That word, gods, Elohim, sometimes is used also for the judges in Israel. So some so that's one reason why the word gods is used there also. Okay. Now, judges are people that God put in authority. You don't have to be a judge of the high court or even a magistrate. It just means that you are the boss in the office. If you tell everybody, come by eight, And people persistently come by 8.30. There's some people that that choose to come before 8. You are an unrighteous judge if you never do anything about it. You know why? You are not promoting righteousness. You must, as let me, you know, we digress to teach people things. Once God puts you in a position of authority, you must, otherwise you'll be a wicked person. You must reward righteousness and discipline wickedness. If you don't like the rule, remove the rule. So everybody, come anytime you like. If you say, come by 8, please enforce it. If you don't want to enforce it, re- remove the roof. Everybody, please, guys, the 8 is not important. If you can get here before uh, 1 p.m., is all right. And sometimes in Enugu, I want to tell our governor, switch off the, the traffic lights. Yeah, please switch them off. Switch them off. If you're not going to police them, please switch them off. Switch them off. Because it does not promote righteousness that many people get they queue up and people, people can't drive, like nothing is happening and nothing happens. Every time we are preaching for righteousness, I understand you may not have the manpower. Switch them off. It's possible you don't have manpower to police them. Switch them off. Nigerian roads, just say there are no speed limits in Nigeria. Please, keep on going till you get home or till you die on the road, whichever one. Yes, say it. You cannot tell me there's 100 kilometers per hour and Federal Road Safety is stopping me to ask whether I have a fire extinguisher. What kind of madness is that? If you are listening to this you your Federal road Safety, I think you need to get your acts together. You stop me on the road to check whether I have a fire extinguisher. I don't have a problem with that. I should have. It's the rule. You want to check whether my spare uh, tires are expired or not. You are a wicked person. You know what is going on. Why? What is your business with that? But this is the law. Then somebody goes past, Pewing! 160 kilometers an hour, and your job is to be counting the number of people that died in an accident. Don't be stupid. In everything, there's what they call low-hanging fruits. The ones that are in respect for yourself. You can't ask me your, 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 your red light is not working. Then one truck passes that has no light. No, I'm not talking sure about whether it's working or not. The fitting is not even there. Listen, I won't have any respect for you. And that's why people don't have respect for you. That's why you have to go and go behind soldiers. When there's a military checkpoint in front, you come and stand here. It's true. Some people are not getting up and "Eh, saying, you should give them weapons. to shoot civilians. You don't need weapons. You need to end respect. You don't need weapons. Just end respect. Just end respect. That's the way you will stop somebody. They will know that you are looking out for their good. And for the good of the nation. Not the one that you, I must find something wrong. The fellow has four, red, four brick lights. Three are working. You want to book him for one that's not working. May God book you for every little offense you have, you have committed in this life. Amen. Say amen now. Am I the only one here? <laughs> Nonsense! This prophetic cannot is getting stronger. <laughs> who, who changed this country? Amen. Amen. That just by the way. Please, if you're in authority, reward righteousness and punish wickedness. God, de- God wants you to do it. That's what I'm telling you. In my house, I ask my children, you don't flout any rule I make, no matter how trivial. And that's my reason. You don't flout any rule I make. And anytime somebody reports to me, because I tell the children, because okay, they are bigger now and they keep on getting more mature, when they were smaller... You don't fight. You don't hit anybody. So, what? when you're, they're offended? Go and report. So, if they bring report to you as a parent, investigate every report and punish every offender. Is the only reason they will come back tomorrow. It's the only reason. Otherwise, when you don't investigate, next time, <laughs> the young guys that told you, when when he, he would dash the girl's lap, eh, And you say, hey, Junior, I told you to report anything in, in his mind. Last week, I reported. Nothing happened. Before COVID, I reported, nothing happened. <laughs> During lockdown, I reported, nothing happened. Vengeance is mine. <laughs> <laughs> no, serious, I'm just, dis- look, I do not in my house that even if it's small scolding, I will scold the offender. There's no, God, unless something happened, there's no report any of my kids have brought over the last many years that I have not investigated and acted upon. You come and say, I, 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 I was talking to Victory. He called me stupid. He said, what did he say? Victory called you stupid. Call him. Tell him to bring down his head here. Once I just say that one, the person is already smiling. His head is in trouble. <laughs> and I once, it's not just your word. You come and say, Victory. Your sister was here just now. She's standing there. Say you called her stupid. Is that true? Ah, I didn't call her stupid though. I just told her, eh, 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 she peed. <laughs> Victory to do strange things like that. And you now cause hey, Penga, did he, what did he say? He said, hey, can he actually said stupid." I said, "Hey, you think you're <laughs> very funny guy. One day told his sister, shut up. <laughs> so that one came and said, Vicky told me to shut up. Vicky <laughs> said I never said so. Are you telling me she's like I, I, I told her to shut up? What is the mean of shit off? <laughs> the guy didn't deliver it, so if you report I will deny you. <laughs> the Lord is good. Is I said the Lord is good. Is now the point I'm making is just by the way. Listen, it's just an aside for those of us who go put in authority. Please if you make a rule, enforce it. If you can't enforce it, remove the rule. If you can't enforce it, remove the rule. The Lord is good. So back to our main message. So what does God say? Or what are we explaining? That see, many times people get discouraged. They stop doing good. Because this sentence against iniquity is not quickly carried out even by the Lord. It just gets in your heart that why does God not do what you are saying, Pastor Banky? I will tell you. Is because his own judgment is not like yours. His judgment is tough. Before the day of judgment, he disciplines his children, just his children. For the unbeliever, he wants them to repent. Otherwise, listen to me, he kills. When he judges, there will be no remedy. That's why God does what he does. That's why he's patient. Why? He's long suffering, the Bible says, towards all men. Why? He wants men to do what? To repent. But I'm saying this, you must understand, don't take the long-suffering or the patience of God for slackness. That's what Peter told us. Don't take it like that. It's not slack. What people don't know, the longer you delay the day of your repentance, the harder you become. Oh, yes. The longer you delay the day of your repentance, the harder you become. And you get closer to judgment. Then the time comes in which you are judged without remedy. Because in the sentence for iniquity is not quickly carried out, men persist in doing their unrighteousness. But that's not my main message. My main message is to Christians. Somebody they not get worn out, they lose their faith. Why? Those who are doing the wrong, nothing's happening to them. David said, Think of their end. Think of what? Their end. He said, was, When I entered the temple, I saw their end. I realized. All this prosperity is so that one day they will be entrapped and then they will be punished. They will now fall and the fall will be heavy. It is terrible for a believer. If I just know God is tired of you, if you continue to do what is wrong and you keep on prospering, you are in trouble. It's better the first day you start, they catch you, they discipline you, you will police yourself for five days. And you are looking like, what am I looking for here? God says, good. He said, but this person did it. All he did was build a house. God said, he's not my son like you are. Him, he's going to die. He's going to go to hell. Don't worry about it. But you, I have a destiny for you. So you are going to cool your head here until you repent very well. Then I will release you. If I see you there again, then you will go. If you try again, next time you are going to be in cell for 10 months. 10 months of fasting and prayer. You will learn fasting that time. God will give you an, he will let them give you Bible and something to play messages. In police detention, God is converting you. If you come out a third time, and if you come out and a third time you go back to it again, you are on your own. Unbelievers will prosper in that thing for 20 years. Nothing will happen. Do you know why? The end is different. The end is different. What God is doing in their life is different from what He's doing in your life. Never forget it. Let me just drop this, please. Christians, love righteousness, not the result of righteousness. Love righteousness. Just that is we did what is right. It's not the pay did not it's not supposed to pay. Have you noticed something? Since morning, I've not eaten sand. You are not sure? Check my mouth. I have not eaten sand. Since morning, I have not entered the gutter to drink water. If I needed to drink water, I went into a clean environment. The I needed there, drink. I was in a meeting. I got up. I went to the place. Bought a, 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 a bottle of drink. Did he pay? The question you asked me, Olga, you're supposed to pay. Why didn't you enter the gutter to drink water? I'd be like a pig to you. Why didn't I not eat grass this morning? Do I look like a, a head's bank cow? I'm a human being. What you call eating normal food and drinking normal water is what the Bible calls righteousness. It's not supposed to pay. It's my life. You depart from iniquity it's not supposed to pay. You're just living normal. I mean, they can't... Have ever said this road is blocked? You enter inside Gota and be walk inside Gota? No, you don't do that. You know why? You're a human being. But you know if you're you walking your dog... He'll go near, you see people on the ground and go dig his nose inside. And even a local dog. Let's leave it like that. Don't pull the dog back. Why don't you do that? You are not the dog. You are the owner. You're a human being. That is how righteousness is to us as believers. We do it because it's the right thing to do, not because it pays. Whether it pays or not, what are we supposed to do? Are we going to do the opposite? Of course not. We're going to continue to do what is right. Righteousness is not supposed to pay. It is our life. Many people have eaten and they have gotten, they become full. I know where they ate from. They dustbin at that junction. Have you not seen them before? Why have you not done it? You don't have their problem. Not you are looking like you have not seen people eating from dustbin. You have. You know about what do you know about the fellow's clothing? Rags, dirty, sometimes none. So, so it is with a Christian. Who joins unbelievers to be committing iniquity? Spiritually, you're wearing rags. Let's make it it short. Spiritually, you're mental. So they say, all these years I've been doing that. What has God done for me? What am I supposed to do for you? All all, all these years you've been walking on the road and not inside a gutter. What have I done for you? All these years you've been brushing your teeth in the morning. What have I done for you? All these years you've been ironing your shirt. What have I done for you? I've also... The day you what did God do for you? It's not you that's looking nice. Is it God that's looking nice? Why do people think they should be rewarded for doing what is right? So somebody rewarded with money found inside a taxi. They not give him one million naira. It's a sign that the society is crazy. Listen, if you're a Christian, I won't tell you boy, you try. You didn't try. If, if if you had done the opposite, you know the meaning of die by fire. You can't possibly do the opposite. Why? You are the a believer. said so, but they gave me the money. Hey, decide whether you want to take it or not, but you really don't deserve it. You no, know, there are times in which in which <laughs> yeah, man didn't have a breakthrough. You were looking for money before. They now gave it to you. He <laughs> said, I don't have enough my faith is not that for Abraham. I beg. I will reach Abraham. King of L- Sodom, give my <laughs> I am not even it. Give me. But I'm not kidding. If I I, I'm not kidding. God, God, I give you praise. Because of you, okay, forget somebody trying to do big man. Because of you, you listening to me, eh? Everywhere. If I return somebody's ten thousand or one million dollars I in a car, if he dashes me five million naira, I can't take it. You rewarded me for why? Wait, do you think there was a chance I would take him one million dollars? Of course there's no chance I would take him your one million dollars. Do you know why? Jesus would be following me like this. One million dollars. And I said, Jesus Jesus going to follow me up and down. So, <laughs> in the interest of my own peace of mind, at least my children, because we've been studying the book of Revelation in the house. I said, The Jesus we are dealing with, people, it's not Jesus in the Bible, though. it's Jesus beside us. It's not Jesus in the Bible that when you close it, it's inside there. I said, It is the Jesus that walks around with us. If you open your tab, it's looking over your shoulder. They you remove your shirt and look into your heart. Everything you are thinking is hearing it. You may as well put a microphone inside your chest, and connect the megaphone, the speakers, into his palace. <laughs> he hears everything. I tell my children, so don't, the Jesus we are dealing with he's following, you when you enter Keke, he's the guy sitting beside you. He's the Keke rider, you know he rides Keke, he loves Keke, you know, Keke plenty in the book. so he, occasionally he gets on Keke and rides around town. <laughs> if you ever see a Keke man whistling, look at his face again. A lot is good. So what will I tell you? So if I return your $1 billion, it's not because of you. I don't love you. I don't care about you. I'm selfish. I know Jesus is watching me. So if you give me a reward, personally, I won't take it. Why won't I take it? No, I'm not saying people shouldn't take it. Though. If you need the money, take it. All right? Why I can't take it is that I will not be able to testify. If I take it, I won't tell you. I, I won't tell Apostle lie, lie. I won't tell him <laughs> No, seriously, if you took it, it's not a sin. You know, there's a level, God takes you to an understanding, and then you operate differently. So please, I really mean it. If decide, that may be your breakthrough. Maybe you wanted to pay school fees. And then you are thanking and you <laughs> thank God. <laughs> a lot is good. What's the point I've made to us today? Alright. You know, if I tell you this, okay, you won't laugh, you'll be used to it. Actually, I have not read the scripture I was supposed to introduce with. All of this just to explain why I'm going to read the scripture. All right, we'll read it and then we'll close with it. All right. So, our faith, we hold on to it. Satan is trying to wear out the faith. And many people have been worn out. Please, I don't mean to disrespect anybody and to insult anybody. Sometimes when your faith has really gone down, that's when you start having plans. Say, okay, right, make another plan, make another plan. It's, you know, it, it happens. That's why I say we should pray for ourselves. We can get so worn out. You think that trouble is just at your door. I hope you're getting my point. That's what happens. And what's my message to you today? God's prophets can never allow their faith to wear out. You know what I found out? The day Elijah allowed it to happen, God replaced him that day. You hear know what I say? And he was charged with faith. He faced the the prophets of Baal. Faced Ahab. Then Jezebel threatened him at the end, and he ran away. And he said, I'm not better than my fathers. God looked at him and said, what are you doing here? He said, ah, they've killed all your servants. I'm the only one remaining, because they let us talk. He got to Mount Horeb. What are you doing here? They've killed all your servants. I'm the only one remaining. He said, what nonsense are you telling me? Now go down and ask Elisha to replace you was a good man. He wasn't a bad man. But after, once he walked, see, let me tell you something about, about working with God. This is your faith. Work on it hard. If you have to use hunger to work on it, use it. Read book. Listen to messages. Travel to go to church. Trek. You don't have money. Walk to church. Because once your faith wears out, he will remove you. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an act of love. When Moses began to talk nonsense, that was the last day he spoke anything at all. Yes, read your Bible now. Moses came out. Look at these rebels. You are thirsty. All right. Aaron. <laughs> Give me a stick. Boom. Water gushed out. Because Moses is enough. They are not entering the promised land. And I've written an article on why God killed Moses. Let me tell you the truth. It wasn't the disobedience. It was the weighing out of it. The people, have, they wore him out. They had, you know, the attrition. Ground the man until his faith was down. That was the end of Moses. In Nigeria today, one major wearer we have in Enugu, in Eastern Nigeria, is Namdekan. You know Namdekan? Yes, he has won the faith of many Christians. And I'm sorry because they are going to die. If they don't stop. He has. I will say the truth. Some newspapers, God will close them down. Honestly. There's a real decision in this city. I went to use prayer to, to close them. Then they repented. And I was happy I did I had not close them. I began to pray. I began to prophesy against them. I don't know where someone went and leak the secret. Maybe it's police. It's possible. You know, DSS can call you and warn you. You won't know, know they are saving you like God, our prayers will have closed you down. We are the saints. Let me say this, this is scripture I wanted to start from, Zechariah chapter nine. Prophets of God, you cannot afford to let your faith wear out. You have to hold on to hope. Now, I've said it, faith is still death. Still death. You don't let it go. Like Job, you will say, though he slays me, yet I will trust him. Everybody say it. Say, though he slays me, yet I will trust him. Yes, I will trust That's what faith is. That's what faith is. That is what faith is. From verse 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout in triumph, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and endowed with salvation. Now notice that your king is coming. He is just, he is righteous, and he carries salvation with him. He is humble and mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the fowl of a donkey. I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim or Ephraim, like they say, and the horse from Jerusalem. And the bow of war will be cut off. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. It's going to cut off all AK-47s from the jungles in Nigeria. Amen. It will cut off all the Kekes and Okadas they used to transport weapons. Amen. So the bow of war will be cut off. Amen. And it will speak peace to the nations. Amen. Nations refer to every tribe, every ethnic group. And in this nation, every state, he will speak peace to them in the name of Jesus. And his dominion will be from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. Now notice what he said. As for you also, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I have set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Return to the stronghold, O prisoners who have hope. This very day, I am declaring that I will restore double to you. Yes. Why do I feel like this is a prophetic word? Apostle, why am I feeling so? Prisoners that have what? Hope. That's what I was talking about faith. You must not let your faith wear out. What the world produces hope is faith. When there is faith in your heart, it produces hope. Let's not misread Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. That is, if anybody has hope, it's because his faith is intact. It is not as if you go and get, you have a wish, you not get faith to substantiate it. No. If you have hope, it is because your faith is intact. So we're talking about not letting your faith wear out. What that does is that you continue to have hope. That's why Abraham died and he saw it from afar. That's why Isaac died. He had expectation. That's why Jacob died. He knew it was going to happen. When Joseph was old. He reminded or instructed the people of Israel, a day will come you will go back. Take my bones with you. He had hope. That's what I'm talking about. The people that will be blessed by God are the people who have suffered oppression, who have suffered persecution, who have suffered lack, who have suffered troubles, but they never give up hope. That is why Plan B is a dangerous doctrine. It may be an honest mistake, but it's a dangerous doc- doctrine. There's something about Christianity. He died in just to the end. Let's rise right to our feet. Let's give thanks. I'm going to give you a five minutes to pray. Start with, let's start with thanksgiving. Give God thanks. Give God thanks for the knowledge of truth. Give God thanks for hope. Yes, I know the thoughts I have towards you. Thoughts of good not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Now begin to give you a of thanks. Say, Lord, I thank you for teaching me your truth. I thank you for saving me. I thank you for enlightening my heart, for enlightening my eyes. I thank you for taking me out of darkness into your marvelous light. I thank you for washing away my sins. I thank you for giving me hope in your word. I thank you. You took Israel into a promised land. You have brought me to a land of promises. I have all kinds of promises in Christ Jesus. Give the Lord thanks because you are the light of the world, and you are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You need to give the Lord thanks for that. Thank Him because He's making His, you know, everything work together for your good, because you love the Lord. Thank Him for faith. You need to give Him thanks for faith, faith that is inside your heart, faith that will not go down. That man shouted, "Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief." It's an interest. It's an important prayer. Pray that prayer. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. It's important. it's important. Everywhere I've lost hope. Everywhere I've lost faith. Lord, tonight restore it back to me. See, it's simple. People say you can't pray for faith. You can't pray for faith. You can. You can. That's what it's called, the spirit of faith. God will give it to you. That spirit of faith will give you insight, to give you understanding. You open your scriptures, we talk to you. Of course, you will feed on the word of God. But ask him, Lord, restore my faith. Jesus said, I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. Say, said, Lord, I receive your intercession in the name of Jesus because you will ever live to make intercession for me. My faith will not fail. I declare it in the name of Jesus. It's an important prayer. I wanted to pray it. My faith will not fail. My faith will not fail. He said to Peter, I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. Because when faith fails, things go wrong. It's, it's a prayer you pray for yourself all the time. Lord, my faith will not fail. You protect your faith. Interact with people of faith. Anybody undermining your faith, get away from the person. What if you believe God and you die? That's a good way to die. It's a peaceful way to die. It's a glorious way to die. Nobody should scare you with it. If God's, if God's wisdom, if God's faith cannot keep you, your own wisdom cannot keep you. Say, Lord, my faith will not fail. I want this evening to pray for your faith. You have a few minutes. Pray that your faith will not fail. Pray that your faith will not fail. That's what I wanted to pray concerning. It's a valid prayer. Jesus prayed it. He says, Satan has demanded to sift you up like wheat. In the midst of that sifting, I have prayed for you, Peter, that your faith will not fail. What's happening right now in this nation? Satan has obtained permission to sift people like wheat. He's sifting Christians, he's sifting ministers, he's sifting people all over the place, most importantly in the church. You know what it means to sift? Many people are being blown away. They are being blown away. They are being blown away. Jesus said, I prayed for you, Peter. In the midst of that blowing, your faith will not fail. And I want you to pray for yourself this evening. Lord, let my faith not fail. Open to me understanding. Give me insight. Fill me with the knowledge of your will, like we declare here all the time. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding, let me walk in a manner worthy of you to please you in all respect. Help me to bear fruit in every good work and to increase in the knowledge of God. My faith will not fail. This evening, that's what I wanted to pray. It is only people who hold on to the end that will be blessed. Mm-hmm. Say, so rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout in triumph, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and endowed with salvation. He will bless those. That's me to be just. He will bless those who hold on to their faith. Oh, it's important. Thus says the Lord, I will cut off from your nation chariots. The horse will be cut off from amongst your people. I will break the weapons of war off and I will speak peace to the nations. The dominion of Jesus will be from the north to the south, from the east to the west. From every corner of Nigeria to the next corner, to from every inch, nook and cranny of this nation, the, the, the dominion of Jesus will be established. Amen. Yes, that's the issue. He said, as for you, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I have set your prisoners free from the borderless pit. Return to your stronghold, O prisoners who still have the hope. You can't let your hope go. One moment minute, say the Lord, my hope will not go. It's important. I don't care how you pray that prayer. Pray it in English. Pray in your local language. Pray in other tongues. Pray, pray with groanings that cannot be uttered. I want <laughs> God used to do something. He told He told Israel. God used to make Israel jealous with unbelievers. Let me read something to you that somebody put on them um, on um, Twitter. Not a believer, please. In which is what makes it instructive. Oh, my father, may we take instruction. Somebody say amen. amen. May we take instruction. Give me an amen. amen. Your heart will not reject instruction. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Your heart will not reject instruction. Amen. Your heart will receive correction. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, listen to this. I just want to hear what somebody said. This man is a Muslim. He's the CEO of a Nigerian bank. He said, Lagos is my home. Nigeria is my country. I don't need a plan B. We will survive anything that is thrown at us and we will prosper. Repent. Yeah, repent. Ah, you're looking at me. Say, Lord, if a man who says he's a Muslim can speak like this, how am I speaking? How am I speaking? <laughs> hey, God. Let me tell you something. I didn't have time to get to that. God gives kingdoms to those who want it. I said that at the beginning briefly. I didn't dive deeper into it. He told Israel, if you want the promised land, I will give you. Go and fight for it. Let me say to the church in Nigeria. If you want Nigeria, he will give you. If you want Nigeria, God will give you. That's what God is saying to Christians. But you have to fight for it. How do you fight with prayer, with prophecy, with hope? I'm happy I brought up an issue. But we die in hope. So just get ready. Say, Even if I'm dying, I will not change that thing that I'm seeing. All the descendants of Abraham had to see it for it to come to pass. Abraham saw it. Isaac saw it. Jacob saw it. All through. You pick one son here and show it to him. And they maintain that until the birth of Jesus Christ. It will be terrible... If the burden is dropped in your generation and you handed nothing to your children. Listen, many people are turning their children to slaves. So Isaac is like a strong donkey lying down between the sheepfolds. When he saw that the resting place was pleasant and that the land was good, he said he bent his back to bear the burden and became a slave at first labor. Kingdoms are given to those who want to take it. Tell the Lord for one more minute, I want the kingdom. Pray that prayer. Give him my kingdom. I yield myself for the fight. For the spiritual fight. For the prophetic fight. For the prayer fight. For the fight of faith. For the fight of hope. I yield myself. I yield myself. I yield myself.